Hey, thanks guys, how good was that? So, so awesome to be celebrating fathers on Father's Day. You men out there are so, so awesome. We celebrate you. Um, I've got a great message for you today with a Father's Day theme to it. My title, if you like titles and I do, my title is this, Look at me and you'll see my father. Look at me and you'll see my father. Now, we understand the idea of genetics. We understand genetics. You will know that if you look at my children, and I've got two awesome children in, in Josh and Evie, if you look at them, there's elements of them where you can, they look a bit like me, they're athletic, uh, they're confident, they're definitely not shy, they have leadership on their life. You know, some of that is genetic. It's kind of, I've passed on things to them with my wife Sarah. You pass things on, we understand that element of genetics. But it's not just genetics. You know, my children have lived under my roof all of their lives. And by living under my roof, they will have picked up habits and thought processes that show their dad's influence, that show my influence on their world. So can I come straight in with a hard hitter? Come on, can I challenge you right at the beginning of this message? If your children look at you and are influenced by you and imitate you, what are you demonstrating? What are you demonstrating? If I was to look at your children, how would they reflect what you've done in their life? It's a big question. Are you demonstrating faithfulness? Are you demonstrating love? Are you de demonstrating conviction, commitment, generosity? Are you demonstrating faith? Are, are you demonstrating laughter? Or are you demonstrating something else? But you can look at your children and know that you've sown stuff into their world. And here's where I want to encourage you. It's a massive privilege to sow into your children. It's a massive privilege to set them up to win, to set them up for life. But here's the awesome thing about our God. It's never too late. If in this moment you're reflecting and thinking, wow, you say that, Barry, now I think about it, there's a whole bunch of things I'd like to have done differently. Well, God is the God of restoration. You know, we can go to the Father and say, I hold my hands, there's things I could have done better. And God steps in in that moment as you honour him. And he is able to turn even the bad things around for, the, for your children's good, for your good and for your family's good, because he's the God of restoration. Come on, let me encourage you right now to start thinking, what am I sowing into my children? If they were to imitate me, what would it look like? And we wanna have children who soar. We wanna have children who go far beyond what we've ever done. I like the image of my children standing on my shoulders that they will go higher than me. I know it's my reality that my dad was an awesome dad and I'm so blessed by him honoring you right now, dad. And I stand on his shoulders and he would acknowledge I'm going further than he did, but my children will go further than I did. Let your children stand on your shoulders, position them well. What a great opportunity and a privilege. God placed us in families. It was his idea and he did it on purpose and it's a good thing. So we're not all supposed to be the same. You can look at different families, even in our church life and see we're different. All brilliant people and we should celebrate our differences. But we can be intentional about how we position our children. We can be intentional about what we sow into them. So can I give a huge shout out to all the present 
dads there. And when I say present, I mean men who have taken the time to be in the middle of their children's lives, who have made themselves available, who are active and play a part. I celebrate you. And I'm not just talking about dads, you know, as God maybe intended it, but I'm talking about dads who are, who are foster dads. I'm talking about adopted dads. I'm talking about stepdads. I'm talking about father figures. You know, you may be a man that someone else just looks up to you and looks to you. I salute you. You are awesome, man. If you're with any men who fulfill them roles in, in your room right now, give them a pat on the back, tell them you love them, celebrate them today. It's Father's Day. We need our men to be able to be great dads, and let's cheer them on in that process. I'm particularly praying for dads today. Do you know why? Because so often people wrestle with the idea of God as our Heavenly Father. And the reason they wrestle with that is because of the impact and influence and filter they've developed from their earthly dad. You know, if, if earthly dads could do a great job at representing our heavenly dad, how much easier would it be for people who meet Jesus to understand the concept of I've got a heavenly father who loves me? So it's no great surprise then, is it, that the devil, and the word devil means our adversary, the one who comes against us, that the devil attacks fatherhood. Because he doesn't want people to understand the concept of our heavenly father who loves us. So come on, I celebrate you men who are stepping up and representing God our father as best you can. I cheer you on. You are awesome. God bless you. Come on church, let's be praying for our men. What a great role that we have to play. What we look at here in the natural in terms of families and dads and, and father figures and stepdads and all these different things is actually a shadow of a greater spiritual truth. God really is our heavenly father. That's my spiritual truth. It's your spiritual truth. And when you look at God, he looked down at his creation and his favourite creation is mankind. It's me and it's you. The Bible says we are his treasured possession. We are the apple of his eye. It says the, the Father sings songs over us and celebrates us. We are the ones he made in his image, carrying his character traits. We are the ones he wants relationship with. He loves us. He's our dad in heaven. But God the Father looked down from heaven and earth and saw it was getting messy. He saw his children drifting further and further and further away from him. He, he saw that they were getting full of jealousy. They were becoming even murderous. And they were lovers of themselves and they were becoming selfish. You know, they were lustful. They were just getting further and further and further away from the relationship with their father. So what does he do? I think a good question is, Dad, what would we do? And I think so often when our children just go off the rails, we try for a bit and then it is too easy just to throw the towel in and go, it's your life, do what you've got to do. I love you, but you've just got to do what you've got to do. And we step back. What did God do? You know, God stepped towards his children. God stepped into the situation. God stayed present. What a great example, all you men out there, that we have a God who's our Father, who is consistent in saying, I will be present in the situation. What did he do? He sent his son Jesus to be right in the middle of the situation. And, and, and here's where we can start grabbing hold of today's message. Jesus said this in John chapter 14 and verse 9. This is Jesus speaking. Jesus answered, 
Don't you know me, Philip? Even after I've been with you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Can you see, right there's where I'm getting this title. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. That was Jesus' declaration to, to the people around him. You wanna know what my dad's looking like? Just look at me. And he builds on this picture because he makes other comment. And here's one here in John 5 and verse 19. Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself he can only do what he sees the father doing, because whatever the father does, the son also does. You see, look at me and you'll see my father. What Jesus is saying is, <clears throat> look at my life and I'll show you what my dad looks like. Look what I do, because it's the things that my father is doing. I'll help you to see what he looks like. Jesus was demonstrating a sowing into humanity to reconnect them with the father. So when we look at Jesus' life, what did he do? He's showing us what God looks like. He's showing us what his father looks like. What did he do? Well, everywhere he went, he made life better. He healed people. There are countless stories of Jesus stepping into people's lives and bringing healing to them. He, he forgave people. There's the famous story of the, the woman who was about to be stoned for being caught in adultery. And the law at that time was that if you were caught in adultery, you were stoned to death. That was the punishment at the time. And there's Jesus sitting there as it's about to happen. Look at me and you'll see the Father. I only do what I see the Father doing. And they say to him, Jesus, Rabbi, what should we do? And Jesus says, you who is out sin, you who has never made a mistake, you throw the first stone. Because we're all quick to judge someone else's issue. But what about our own issues? And they thought about it and they had to drop their stones. And the woman comes to Jesus, who is representing the Father. And she looks at him, she's faced death in the eye. And he says, are your accusers still here? And she says, no. And he says, I don't accuse you either. Now go and live a great life. You see, what the Father does, I do. And the Father just wants people to be restored and forgiven and positioned to live a great life. Jesus demonstrated that. <clears throat> he reached out to marginalised people. There are stories where the lepers would come to Jesus. Now the lepers have been pushed out of society for fear of the contagious disease. But Jesus welcomed them in and he healed them and he restored them and he introduced them back into society. You see, Jesus wasn't scared about the marginalised people. In fact, he stepped into the world of the marginalised and brought healing and wholeness. When you see me, you see the Father. You see, this is that father's heart all along. You know, there's, there's the woman at the well and Jesus deliberately went out of his way to speak firstly to a woman and men and women didn't communicate in those times and then to a woman of a different race. And he went there and he just brought healing and restoration. I only do what I see the father doing. Oh, I've got a frog in my throat today. <coughs> there it is. I only do what I see the father doing. And that's Jesus representing him. You see, he restored relationships. There's a famous story where he meets Zacchaeus, who's the tax collector, and he's a short guy, and he climbs a tree because he's desperate to see this, this phenomenon that is Jesus going through the town. But Jesus stops, and he says, Can I come and have a meal with you? And one meal with Jesus caused something to change in Zacchaeus' heart. And where he had robbed people by overtaxing them, he gave back over and above what he had took. And Jesus says, see, salvation comes to your house today. 
you know, I've set you up for life. And what happened is where people hated him, they learned to love him. Why? Because he became generous with them. I only do what I see the Father doing. You want to see what the Father looks like? Look at me. He is building us a picture of his dad. And it's so, 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 so awesome. Everywhere he went, he made lives better. Jesus said, I came to bring life and life in its fullness. He was representing his dad. Now, as we build this picture around God as our heavenly father, we will see that there are times when Jesus withdrew. He withdrew just to spend quality time with his dad. And notice this, every time Jesus withdrew to be with his father, his father was available to him and present. Not once do we find it where Jesus goes to his father and says, Dad, where are you? Every time he goes to be with his father, his father meets him right there. How challenging is that, guys? That we need to be present for our children. Every time they reach out to us, we need to be there because we're representing our heavenly father. Now watch this. Whenever Jesus spent quality time with his father, on every occasion, he came away from that communication, that prayer, that time spent with his father. Every time he came away from it, he was empowered for mission. He would come down and there would be action. He would come down and he would be active. Everywhere he went after those times, he brought more and more life. You see, quality time with the father brings inspiration it's inspiring you look all through the word you know remember when joshua he takes the, the israelites over them over the river and he meets the captain of the lord's army representing the father representing heaven he has a holy moment and bows the knee what happens next they take the city every time you get in the presence of the father there is action and there is life what about moses moses encounters the father in the burning bush and he says to him this is holy ground. And he shows him all his capabilities. I couldn't possibly speak for you. I've got a stammer. Yeah, but I'm going to allow you to. You know, surely there is someone else. No, it's going to be you. God shows you your own capabilities that you didn't even know were there. That's the Father's heart. He will always bring out of you the best in you. And what happens? Moses goes on to set the Israelites free from captivity and takes them into freedom. When you spend a quality moment with the Father, he pulls out the goodness in you and it brings life. You know, what about Elijah? E Elijah went and he spent quality time with the Father on his own at Kerith. And there he was just getting empowered and learning to be with the Father and develop that relationship with him one-on-one. -on -one. What happens? He then goes on and instigates a bunch of events that let the people free from the oppression of Jezebel. Every time you get around the Father, it inspires you to mission. It inspires you to action. It pulls the best out of you and it leads to life. Spending time with the Father is so, so important. Here's the great thing. God created you. You know, the word says in Psalm 139 that he crafted you in the womb with reverence. It says you are fearfully and wonderfully made. God made you on purpose. You've never been an accident. The way you look, how much you weigh, the gifts you've got, these things God said, oh, this person's awesome. They're not going to look like that person because this one's unique and he's put gifts in us. And when you came out and you were born, heaven rejoiced because there is so much potential in your life. But when you spend time with your heavenly father, what does he do? He empowers that potential. He inspires you. He stirs it up in you. He gives you confidence so that you can come away from time with him and be empowered to live a great life and bring life. You know, and we as dads get to represent some of that. 
you know, I, I look at my children and they're so, so gifted and I'm so proud of them. I, I know yours are too, but I'm allowed to big up my own children right now because I'm on the mic. But I, I love spending time with them. And so Evie, my, my daughter, who's 11, she loves to dance. And she's really great at it, and it's developing, and you know she's looking at potential careers in acting and these kind of things, and it's so exciting to see that side of her developing. So what does I, what do I do as a dad? I encourage it. I get behind it. I give time to it. I'd love to see her confidence growing. So at the beginning of lockdown, you may well have seen this whole phenomenon of TikTok dancing. And Evie got right into it and she, and she loved it. And so what do I do as a dad? I say, I'll join in with him, we have some fun. And I just wanna show you a little 15 second clip of something we did on TikTok and put out on social media for giggles. Have a look at this, I hope it makes you laugh. <laughs> smile it's just so so funny isn't it? but can you see what I'm trying to do as dad I don't want to be so proud that I can't get behind my child's gift a father will empower their children to get the best out of them to go and bring life you know even watching that it might have made you smile what's that doing that's bringing life and you can see how a father can get his weight underneath the child and push it forward Come on dads, come on father figures, come on adopted dads, come on foster dads, come on step dads, come on all you men out there, come on you potential dads, start getting this stuff in you because you're gonna have the privilege of projecting children into a fuller life. How good's that? Now I try my best, I try my best to empower my children and it makes me smile when I see them succeeding. You know, you'll have seen my son Josh on the drums through this lockdown period, and when he drums, I, I, I see him, he's, he's awesome at it, and I just make, I'm his dad, I'm proud of him. And he's doing a great, great job. And I hope you're proud of your children do so into them and pull it out of them. But what I can do is only a shadow of what my Heavenly Father can do, what God can do. You see, the encouragement and empowerment and freedom that He can bring is literally out of this world. It's another level. I might be able to encourage Josh. I might be able to encourage Evie. But God can bring power and the weight of heaven into their life, which propels them to a level that I couldn't even, I couldn't even try to do. But that's my Father in heaven. But I get to be a shadow of that. I get to play my part in that. And men, so do you. Come and encourage yourselves right now. Spend some time with your Father in heaven. Because when you spend some time with your Father in heaven, it will always lead to encouragement. It will always lead to life. It will always pull the best out of you. It will always bring empowerment. Come on, we need to spend some time with the Father. Take that challenge and run with it. God is fully present. You know, we're kind of on the back of what's been called the fatherless generation. And for all kinds of reasons, you know, men, lots of men, not all men, but lots of men have not been present in their child's life, whether they've had a relationship breakdown, whether they've been so busy at work, even with the best intentions, whether they've just been caught up in their own thought processes. But men as dads haven't been present too often, and we can see the devastation that's brought. You know, we're watching it unfold now as children are growing up and becoming young men and young women. We can see the difficulty it's caused by not having a present father. But that, 
then affects how people see our Heavenly Father. That becomes people's filter. There is a generation out there trying to engage with our Heavenly Father, but their filter is, my dad wasn't there for me. So I can't get my head around why you would be there for me. And it's just not a good representation of the Father because the Father is fully present. I'm going to show you three verses here right now. Psalm 23 and verse 4 says this, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You see, in the darkest moments of life, God says, I'm going to be present. I'll guide you. I'll give you a tap along with my rod when I need you to. Come on, we're not sitting down here. We're not staying here. We're walking through the valley to a feast of life, but I will be with you in the midst of it. Joshua 1 and verse 9 says this, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. You know, I don't think we can go any further than wherever. And God says, wherever, I'm going to be there. So if you're up against something, have courage. I'm with you. Don't be discouraged. Have courage. I'm with you. You know, we can understand this valley moment right now here in lockdown and with this coronavirus and finances up in the air and jobs all over the place and all these things going on. We're in this valley, but God says, I'm present and I'm leading you out of it. I'm going to guide you. Come on, be of good courage. Here in Deuteronomy, chapter 31 and verse 8, it says this. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. So my question is, are we still in the period of never leave you? You see, for me, never leave you is ongoing. It's forever. So we're still living in this period. Of course, not going to leave us. He's going before us. He's regarding us. He's beside us and he's with us. So don't be afraid and don't be discouraged. Your father is with you. You see, when dad is fully present, children know he's there. They respond with confidence and freedom. You know, maybe you can picture a scenario when your child was, is maybe small and you, know, you would never leave them on their own while you went out to, to, to party or go for a meal in a, in a house that's dark at night and stuff. Well, you just wouldn't leave them. And if you did, they would be afraid. They would, you know, that would be perfectly normal to feel like, oh, I'm on my own. But when dad is there, they're confident and they're free to get on with their life. And they, even if you're not in the same room as them, they know you're in the house. And it brings confidence. You see, your father in heaven is present and he's with you. And it brings freedom and confidence to your life. Come on, people. We need to spend time with the Father. Come on, dads. We need to be a good shadow and a good reflection of what our Heavenly Father looks like because we want our children and he wants us as his children to be able to live and express ourselves. Now, look at this. Look at this. I've been talking a lot about God's my Heavenly Father. Let me back that up scripturally. John, uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 1 and verses 12 and 13 says this. Yet to all who did receive him, to all those who believed in his name, this is speaking of Jesus, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, not of human decision, or of a husband's will, but born of God. See, the reality is when we choose Jesus, when we believe in him, when we accept him into our life, we have the right 
to be called children of God. In effect, we are adopted into God's family. He really is our dad. By me saying, Jesus, I know you came, I know you lived an awesome life, I know you died, I know you rose again to position me with the Father, I accept that. I now have the right to be called a child of God. So when I talk about my heavenly Father, that is my reality. That is my spiritual reality. What I see on earth is a shadow of what is my spiritual truth, and it's a greater truth. The great thing about that is that my dad's bigger than yours. You know, you ever been in the playground scrap when you were when you're small? Oh, I'm going to go and get my dad. And then some other kid goes, well, my dad's bigger than your dad. Well, do you know what? My dad really is bigger than your dad. He's got me. He's protecting me. He's providing for me. He's leading me forward. He gives me freedom and a hope in my life because he's my dad and he loves me. We get to enjoy family privileges. You know, when I look at my own family, my children, because of the resources I can provide, because of the doors I'm able to open, because of the people I know, my children are blessed. I can position them in a place they couldn't get without me, but they get family privilege. You know, if my children are worried or anxious, they can come to me and they know it. They can come to me any given point. Even at 2 a.m. Have you ever been in the middle of the night and your child's woken up and said, I've had a bad dream or I can't get to sleep or I've been sick or something? They will come in. They wouldn't hesitate to come in even at 2 or 3 a.m. Why? Because they know that you're their dad and they know that you love them and they know that they have access to you and you will be there in the moment. You know, that is the same truth for me and my father. I have access to him. I have family privileges. Why? Because I'm the king's kid. And when I'm in a moment of anxiousness, I know I can go to him at any given point and say, Dad, I need you right now. And you know what? He's fully present in that moment. And he encourages me and he stirs my spirit and he helps me to train my thoughts and get my thoughts back onto Jesus where there's always hope and life. He's fully present. I have family privileges. You have family privileges. And if there's anyone out there, I implore you, get to know Jesus. And as you get to know Jesus, you'll understand what it's like to have family privileges with the King of Kings, with the God of Heaven, who actually is your spiritual father. It is life-changing, it brings life, it brings hope, and it pulls the best out of you. It was always God's intention. How about this thought? Just as a side note, what an inheritance you've got. You know, we understand inheritances, you know, houses and money and things like this, but the inheritance that Jesus leaves us, you know, the hope of heaven, you know, empowerment from heaven, the treasures of heaven, are ours for the taking. It's just like he wants us to have them. What an inheritance we have. So here's a question to all of us. <clears throat> if Jesus is the Son of God and he says, if you see me, you see my Father, and he says, I only do what I see the Father do, what does that mean for me and you today? What does that mean for me? Because if I'm now a child of God adopted into his family, shouldn't when people see me, shouldn't they see the Father? Shouldn't when they see my life, shouldn't I be doing what the Father is doing? Shouldn't people see the Father in all of us because we're his kids? And Jesus demonstrated what that should look like. Have a look at this in James uh, chapter 2, verses 14 through 18. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food, if one of you said to them, go in peace, keep warm and be well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? 
In the same way, faith by itself, is, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But some will say, you have faith and I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds and I will show you my faith by my deeds. Let me unpack that a second. My faith in Jesus, my belief that he came, he died and he rose again to reconnect me with the Father. My faith in Jesus positions me as a child of God. The way I live my life, my actions show that. There's no point in me saying, I believe in Jesus, I'm a son of God, and living a horrendous life. Because my lifestyle and my actions aren't demonstrating what's my spiritual truth. We need to have faith and deeds walking hand in hand. People should see the Father in you because of your faith in Jesus. And we're all on a journey. And we're all going to be getting a little bit more like Jesus. And maybe we can all take a step forward even through today. What can you do in your world to show that you're the king's kid? How will people see it's different for you because God is your father? People need to see it. What should we be doing? We should be feeding the hungry. What should we be doing? We should be de developing and sowing into relationships. We should be showing people their true worth. We live in a world where people want to be torn down all the time. Put someone on, on a pedestal so they can knock them off it. Tell someone all the negatives in their life. But what does Jesus demonstrate? He pulls the best out in people. He said, you're a gifted person, there's something in you. Now it's been, been swamped under a whole bunch of negativity, but I'm going to pull it out of you. That's what the Father does. And that's what we should be doing, pulling the best out of people. We should be hope bringers. You know, when people go, oh, I feel hopeless. No, 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 no. I'm representing my Father. And he always brings hope, even when it seems like there is no hope. We need to be carriers of hope. We should be loving outrageously. There are amazing people on this planet, so many loving people, but God is love. And if I'm representing my father and he is love, my, the level of love I show in my life should just be a bit outrageous. It should go beyond me. Why? Because when you see me, you'll see my father. And I want to live that life. We should be standing against injustice. We should be standing against racism. These are my brothers and sisters. What does our heavenly father feel about this? That so many people of colour all over the world feel squashed and crushed and battled and having to work harder than everyone else to get somewhere and, and, and are pushed aside. That's not okay. So when you look at me, my response is, I'm demonstrating my father. So I don't just pray about it. I do pray about it. It's super important. But I show it in the way I'm going to live, the way I'm going to speak, the things I'm going to do. Because it's my faith and my deeds coming together. So when you see me, you see my father. Come on, we should be inspiring people. When Jesus went to his father, he was inspired to live better. When Moses encountered the father, he was inspired to bring freedom. When Elijah encountered the father, he brought freedom to a people who were oppressed by a dominating woman full of witchcraft. There's all these great inspirational stories that are building a picture for us today. That as I draw near to my father, I get to reflect him to, her, to a world that needs him. As I draw near to the Father, he actually pulls the best out in me and my own life gets better because I'm with him. So it's win-win. My life gets better and I help someone else's life get better. Why? Because right there is the heart of the Father. He's looking down from heaven and he loves to see his kids expressing themselves. He loves, you know, the dancing. He loves the creativity and the writing. He, he loves the intelligence and the academia. He, he, he loves music. He just loves it all. 
And when he sees us using our gifts, he loves the people who just got great wisdom and counsel and help people through their troubles. He's like, yes, I put that gift in you. I celebrate you. Do it more. This is brilliant. That's what the father does. He looks at us and he says, go on, you're my son. You're my daughter. I'm celebrating you. I'm lifting you up. I sent my son Jesus to demonstrate my love to you. I'm not just that far up in heaven. I stepped into the middle of it with you so that I could pull you out of the struggle to give you hope and, and, and squash your anxious thoughts and let you be men and women of faith to step out. Come on, let's not just believe in God. Let's show him. Look at me and you'll see my father. Do you know, above all of this, my greatest hope whenever I speak a message is that I can connect people to the father. Understand this, whatever your experience of fatherhood might be, your Father in heaven loves you. He made you fearfully and wonderfully. He's put greatness on the inside of you and he just wants to draw it out of you. And his greatest desire is that you as his child will connect with him. He is present. Could you step in? Because he wants, he wants relationship with you. Position yourself as a child of God. I hope that's brought some challenge. I hope that's brought some encouragement. I hope it stirred something on the inside of you. I hope it isn't just a thought process that, but becomes some action and a lifestyle. But I'd love to pray for you. Father, I want to lift up people who have had really difficult experiences around fatherhood. Whether it was an absent father or, or a poor father or an abusive father or a father who just didn't encourage, whatever that might be. Lord, thank you that you're the God of healing. And right now I speak healing to anyone who has suffered and struggle in the area of fatherhood. I bless you. Let it go now. Understand the reality that your heavenly father is present, that your heavenly father loves you, that your heavenly father is encouraging you. Your heavenly father loves to be in the middle of life with you. Bless you. I speak healing in Jesus' name. Lord, I want to speak empowerment to every man out there right now. The existing fathers and the father figures, but also the future fathers and father figures. Lord God, that you would empower us, that as we do our best, you would enable us to go to a different level because you can. That we would represent you better. That we would stop for a moment and challenge ourselves. What are we sowing into the next generation? How are we encouraging them? How are we lifting them up? How are we getting them on our shoulders? Lord God, our greatest desire is the next generation would go further than we've ever gone. That the world would become a better place and the kingdom would advance because we took the time to sow in. Encourage us. I pray, Lord God, I speak encouragement to all you men right now. And I want to say thank you. Thank you guys for all the time and energy that you've sown into the next generation. We love you for it. I know your Father loves you. Be blessed. Be blessed. Lord God, I just thank you for everyone who's tuned into this message. I pray that it would settle in, it would sink in, and it would stay in. And Lord God, that we would begin to walk out some of these processes as your children. And all those people said, Amen. I hope that's blessed you. Uh, love you guys so, so much. Still looking forward to the day we'll be able to be in a building together. That day will come. But I'm going to hand you now back to Matt and Jess. God bless you all.